Funding for Start the Beat is provided in part by our supporters on Patreon. Thank you. Hello and welcome to Start the Beat with Sykes. My name is Sykes and this is my podcast. Before we get started, I just wanted to take a quick moment to thank everyone who checked out the last episode. If you're one of those people, I hope you enjoyed it and thanks so much for coming back. But for everyone out there who's new to the show, welcome. Feel free to make yourselves at home. And as always, there's beer, soda, water, coffee, tea, ginger ale. I don't give a damn. Whatever you want in the fridge. Cheers to the internet. Grab yourselves a little snack. Sit back and relax. We're going to have a chat. I am sitting here today on the internet with my new friend who I just met maybe 13 seconds ago. Everybody. Please make some noise for the one and only Sam Stuckey. Hey. The internet is happy that you're here. I'm even happier that you're here. Welcome to the internet. Have you ever been here before on the internet? Uh, I've been on the internet a little bit. You know, I mean, it is 2020, so so I'm getting used to the internet more than more than real life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, well, welcome to the Internet Club. So, for anyone that is not familiar with Sam, you are a singer, songwriter, musician, human being on planet Earth. Am I correct in all of these things? Yes, sir. Cool. Did I leave anything out? Uh, nah, no, that's pretty much it. Okay. Just a musician on Earth. <laughs> that's about it. No, no other hobbies that we should talk about to completely derail this conversation from the jump. No, oh, yeah. Well, we could do that. Um, Let's do it. I also work at the at a rock climbing gym in Pittsburgh that just uh, recently got shut down again mm. for the second time. Sorry to hear. Good old Tom Wolf. Sure. And uh, and uh, also board game enthusiasts, nature enthusiasts, like hot hiking and rock climbing and backpacking and all that good stuff, and playing board games. Yeah. So awesome. So Sam the musician you are getting ready to release a new album that's right it's an ep um it's coming out on january 8th and it's entitled joel um i've been releasing a couple of singles um the last couple months starting in september i released my first one um i've been trying to do like one single per month and then the full ep is dropping in january so yeah i'm super excited to to share that with everyone Awesome. So in terms of, you know, releasing music now, because you're releasing this music under your name, how long have you been like recording and releasing music as Sam Stuckey? Um, well, for a long time, I was recording stuff and putting it on like SoundCloud and stuff when I was in like high school and whatnot. Mm -hmm. But for like actually pursuing music and trying to like professionally release stuff, um, I think I released my first album in um 2018 so that was uh two years ago yeah cool so what was the journey like for you just leading up to that because you know sometimes you know it's weird i think being a solo artist even though i mean you work with other people and you kind of have like a group of people that you're working with but still your your name your your brand if you will like you are the starbucks of sam stuckey if you want to put it in like the most like bland way possible right so what is it like like you know 
deciding that, hey, I have all of these feelings and all of this passion about this stuff that I'm writing and I'm telling my story and I'm releasing it under my name. That's always a strange thing. You don't have like the mask of like a Circa Survive, like the, the sweater that you're wearing. You know, it's under you. It's who you are. So what was that like when you decided to do that? Yeah, I mean, it's just kind of like my, I guess my journal, but given to everyone. Uh, it's like, instead of having a private journal, I just kind of share my thoughts publicly via music. And I've always kind of wanted to have a band name, but I can never think of anything that's like meaningful enough. Um, for some reason, I think that it has to be meaningful. Um, and so I've just kind of stuck with my own name and yeah, I feel like having it be my own name and releasing stuff under my own name makes it feel more uh, personable and vulnerable a little bit. So, um, yeah, I mean, that's just always what I did. And then I kept doing it once, once I started playing with other people and having an actual band with me as well. Yeah, that, that definitely makes sense. I've been in the same boat. I had been, you know, when I started making a lot of solo music, um, I eventually found a drummer and then found a guitar player. And like, we played under my name forever before I just like started to like, basically I just like felt bad. So I was like, all these people were putting in just as much work as me. You know, it's like one thing if I'm writing the songs and like kind of dictating and telling everybody what to do, but it got past that. It's at a point now where we're all in a space and all writing together. So, you know, in terms of your music now at the point that it's at, are you like composing a lot of the stuff? and just kind of bringing people in to make it happen? Or are you like writing organically as a band with these songs? Yeah, it's a good question. Yeah, for sure. I've never been good at writing like with people and co-writing and stuff. So a lot of what's been happening has just been me bringing a song that I'll write in my bedroom with just my acoustic guitar. And then I'll bring it in and I'll have like a little bit of a vision for like the for the other people and what I want them to play a little bit, but it's pretty much just like, Hey, here's how I want it to go. Just like start adding things and then um, we'll work off of it. If I don't like something, I'll tell them, but um, yeah, for like actual songwriting, it's always just been me, um, which I, I, I like and dislike. I think it's a blessing and a curse because um, I would like to, like pull the ideas from other people and be able to um, make the music more interesting in that way. I imagine that it would make uh, more uh, well-rounded music, but I've never been good at like co-writing. Like when I try to co-write, I just feel like things sound cheesy and like the other person there is like judging what I'm writing or something. And um, they have a vision for the song. I have a vision for the song and we're like uh, just having conflicting ideas so i need to work on that but right now it's just me yeah sure no i totally get it i think the something that's really beautiful about music is the opportunity for collaboration and getting to you know bring different voices together it's like cooking like you're bringing different flavors and spices together to create like one awesome plate of food or to create one awesome song right but it could be hard like if you don't understand like what spices go together and like also just having that communication like i feel like for especially with the kind of music that you're doing that you know is you know 
vulnerable and open and you feel like, you know, there's more of a thing to it. It's not like, you know, just a bunch of kids writing a punk song like, oh, okay, you play the heavy guitar part and let's do the fast drums and you yell about something irrelevant and now we have a song, right? So it's there's a little bit more to it. So whenever you're trying to connect those feelings with the music and getting people's different opinions together, it's like it's complicated, but it's fun when it works. But it isn't easy. It's not yeah. easy, but that's kind of what's beautiful about it. So, you know, you as a person with, you know, the music that I've heard that you have sent me and you talking about being someone that's into like, you know, you work at, um, you know, a rock climbing place and you're into hiking and it seems like you, you live, you know, a more, a more simpler life. Maybe you appreciate this, the, the basic things of being on planet earth. You don't seem to be, you know, some people may not be into those things. They're more enveloped in technology or enveloped in these other things. But you seem to have like a a more basic understanding of the world. Maybe it doesn't take a lot to make a person like Sam Stuckey happy. Am I right or wrong in this? Uh, yeah, it's true. Um, I'm definitely satisfied in nature and the simple things. Um, I wouldn't say I'm always feeling happy. Uh <laughs> Definitely still have anxiety and, uh, I don't know, seasonal depression and, and other issues. But, um, yeah, I do appreciate the simple things. And nature is definitely a uh, huge thing for me in my life. And it definitely showcases in my music as well. Um, maybe not quite as much in this upcoming EP, but uh, in albums previously, for sure. So, nature is like the ultimate metaphor. So where does that come from? What was growing up for Sam like? Where did you grow up? Yeah. Um, so I grew up in Moon, which is right outside of Pittsburgh. If we have anyone who's tuning in, doesn't know Pittsburgh. Um, but yeah, it's right out by the airport. And um, I grew up there, went to high school there. And then I went to college in uh, Ohio at this tiny school called Bluffton. Um, and yeah, I mean, nature was never like, a huge part of my life. Like, obviously I went outside and like played with my brothers and stuff. Um, but I feel like it became the most part of my life. When I graduated college, I decided to hike the Appalachian trail, which was like a four month excursion in nature. Um, and so that's when it really like became a big part of my life. Like I'd never really backpacked or hiked a whole lot before that. Um, that was kind of like the, the thing that really got me into it and gave me more experience with, with nature, I think. So, so how did that experience like shape you into like where you are now? Was it like, like a very transformative experience? Did you start thinking about like the way that you approach your life in general, a lot differently after like living that lifestyle for that short amount of time? Yeah. Um, something that's really cool about the Appalachian trail is that I, or like any long distance backpacking trip, is that like every decision that I made every single day was all like, there was like one single goal that I was um, going after for those entire four months. And I've never had another situation in my life where it's been such a clear, like, this is what I'm trying to do right now. There's nothing else I really need to focus on. Like when you're going to college, sure, you're your ultimate goal is to graduate, but there's like classes and all this other stuff. Appalachian Trail is just like, here's my goal. All I have to do today is walk. Um, 
And the Appalachian Trail also taught me that, like, um, basically mindset and determination is more important than um, actual, like, practice, I guess, because I'd never really backpacked or done any sort of thing like that before. I just kind of said that I wanted to do it and just kind of went and tried it and, um, and did it. And I think that taught me that determination and persistency and stubbornness can really get you, uh, can really accomplish, help you accomplish what you're trying to, what you're trying to do. So. Yeah, I think that that's a great mindset to have, especially for someone that's trying to pursue a life in the arts, whether it be music like you are, or visual arts or anything in general. I mean, if you want to open a, a ding dong bakery or like, I don't know, you want to make custom wool socks, like I really don't give a crap what it is. Those are all really, really good traits to have. So like, who was Sam prior to this excursion like what were you trying to be when you grew up like what would you go to college for and how does that relate to your life now yeah um well i was still interested in music even before uh sorry i was still interested in music uh before i went on that hiking trip um so i actually studied math and music at a double major and um i kind of went into college thinking well one, I don't really think you need a music degree to be successful in music, especially in the type of music that I'm trying to pursue. Like, there's a lot of people that just jump into a band right after high school and then blow up. Um, but I thought it would be good to learn some of the rules uh, and then learn how to break them. And I enjoyed music and I enjoyed math. So I was like, I'll just do both of these things. And if music doesn't work out, maybe math can be like a fallback option. Um and, uh, yeah, that's, that's what I went to school for. And that relates to now, obviously, because I'm, I'm still singing. Um, I studied like classical voice, so I'm not really doing much in that, uh, sense, but, um, writing my own music. I, st- I took some composition classes and songwriting classes, um, and got a lot of experience performing in college. So that definitely helped with, with where I am now. Cool. What about like backtracking to high school? What was your experience with music like growing up? Maybe like, you know, even before high school, when did you get into playing and like, what were you maybe listening to at the time that inspired you to play? Yeah, it's a good question. Um, I don't think I really got into music at all. Like not even really listening to music till like middle school or, or high school. Um, I remember my first CD, or my first two CDs. I can't remember which one came first, but um, I got uh, Late Registration by Kanye West and uh, Monkey Business by the Black Eyed Peas. (laughs) All right. Okay. (laughs) And um, I remember uh, I went to to FYE at Mall and Robinson with my dad and got that CD and then like played it on the way home. This was the Kanye West one. He was like, just don't tell your mother. <laughs> because I didn't even know that the songs were so like explicit because I had only heard them on like the radio uh, with, with, the, uh, with the radio edits. Like Gold Digger, I didn't know. I had so many, like, uh, like swore so much when I was that young because I'd only heard the clean versions. Um, 
but yeah, that was the first time I listened to music and, um, I didn't really get into, um, performing music much until, uh, well, I was in like choir and stuff growing up, but as far as like, um, rock music and, and rebellious music, um, I didn't really get into it till like 10th grade. Um, we had a German exchange student living with us for that year and he was really into guitar. Um, and I think my mom took away my phone for some amount of time, for some reason, like I was grounded. And so I was just hanging out with Marcus, our, our student from Germany and he was playing guitar and we were just like messing around. And I wrote, and, and we together wrote a song um, like I wrote the lyrics and he played guitar. Um, we wrote our first song then. And then I think that's that, um, that Christmas, my parents got me a guitar for, for a present. And I just started playing after that. Um, and then me and Marcus, we performed in like the talent shows in high school and stuff. And yeah, from then on, I was kind of hooked, I guess. And I didn't, I didn't write a whole lot of music until like the end of high school, my, my senior year. Um, I recorded an album for like my senior project. Um, but yeah, uh, that's, that's when I got into performing and, and playing and writing. Cool. That, I mean, that, that definitely makes sense with the, the full trajectory. I see where everything's at now. I have a pretty decent picture of of sam so do you keep in touch with this marcus fella at all uh a little bit um he came back the year after for like a visit for um a couple weeks but haven't seen him in person since but i video chatted with him a couple of times and he's actually a producer in germany now he makes like hip-hop like house music stuff okay which is very different from anything that we ever wrote together or that he was into whenever we were in high school. Like his favorite band was the kooks. Okay. Um, which I really love as well. Um, but yeah, he's doing like house and beats and stuff and it's actually, it's solid stuff. So that's really interesting because you know, <laughs> where you're at now musically, I would say is a, a pretty wide jump from uh kanye west or the black eyed peas which is fine i mean i feel like we all go through those um like that journey and i think it's also like fun to engage in a lot of different kinds of music so today as a human being do you still find yourself engaging with like wildly different styles of music from what you create or do you like keep a focus in the music that you engage with yeah, absolutely. Uh, it's definitely very, very varied. Um, my just did that Spotify 2020 rap thing. Yeah, my biggest genre was still rap. <laughs> okay, so I'm still listening to a lot of rap and hip hop. Um, but I love, I love so many different genres. Um, uh, everything from like Jason Mraz to like Fleet Foxes. Uh, to Kanye West, I don't like him as much anymore. But other rappers like Mac Miller and and Dreamville and Benji, who's a Pittsburgh guy. Um, yeah, I don't know. I really like listening to a lot of different genres, and I try. I've been trying in the stuff that I've been writing this year, which isn't the stuff that's on the EP. Um, but the stuff that I've been writing this year in 2020, 
trying to take inspiration from different genres and stuff. I haven't actually written any rap songs, but like more like speaking fast, like experimenting with that, like Ed Sheeran type rap where it's not really rap, but it's like, sure. I don't know what you call it, but yeah, I don't know. I don't, I don't want my sound or my tastes to be, to be bound to one single thing. So I try to listen to as much, uh, as many different genres as possible. Yeah. I think the thing that's cool about, um, you know, being, uh, a sole songwriter as yourself and like, you know, you work with other people, but you're still kind of putting all the ideas together. If you're listening to a lot of different stuff, you can pull something like, you know, as you mentioned, like say like one of the things that's really cool about hip hop or rap, whatever you want to call it, is that it's so heavy in rhythm. And a lot of times in like a singer songwriter sort of thing, rhythm kind of lacks because it's so focused on melody and chord structure and like the rhythm's kind of an afterthought. But you can like combine like that idea of like, oh, a real rhythm heavy sort of hip-hop feel but still keep in like the like the add the chord and the melody save like this nice blend of rhythm chord and melody to make a really cool just general like modern pop song which is what like has been really cool about pop music over the past you know decade or so is that like it's become such a crock pot of different styles of music and it's fun to see like you know uh like some of the most popular artists in the world doing stuff that's just like very like at times like aggressive or dark but also like really catchy and fun like nothing is just one thing anymore it's really interesting so in terms of you as a you know an artist outside of you know just writing music i know that i've noticed that you're working on uh you have a patreon and you are street, you have a street team that you had mentioned to me and you're kind of doing, you know, these things that are more like, um, uh, I don't want to say, uh, business focus cause that's not it, but more just like, um, it's kind of business, but what's the word that I'm looking for here? It would be like, uh, marketing, marketing. Yeah. That's the one you're thinking, you're forward thinking in your digital marketing as a, as a, an independent creator. So, uh-huh. What has it been like, you know, just in your experiences starting to like, okay, well, I'm going to make a Patreon. I want to get a street team together. What made you think about doing that? And how's it been since you started it? Sure. Yeah. Um, it started, I think last year, um, some other person who was focusing on their online marketing and stuff. Uh, I found them on, on Facebook. Um, it's a group called like modern musician. And he basically takes, um, on clients, which are musicians and helps them market their music online. And so I joined that program and, um, yeah, I mean, it is a business. Like that's exactly what it is. What you're saying is learning to treat it as a business, um, that you're trying to, that you have to have a plan and you have to make money and you have to try to, um, do more than just play shows for like 10 people in your city. Um, you have to, you have to have a plan. And so I've been, that's where the ideas came from. And that's how I started my street team, which is really just like a group on Facebook where I, um, I bring in people from, uh, my Facebook ads that I've created, um, for people who reach out to me via that ad, ask them if they want to join the group. And then that group consists of like, I'll post, uh, extra content in there every week. Um, I'll, I'll share like new videos and new songs a little bit early with them. 
Um, and then for this year of 2020, what I've been doing is is writing a new song every single week and doing a live stream in that group. Um, and that's been like the biggest part of the street team is kind of access to those live streams. Um, so that's how the business thing started. And the Patreon thing was also like, I'd obviously heard of Patreon before um, I started that program, but he had mentioned it. And then with, with the pandemic starting, um, Patreon makes a whole lot of sense um, because you can't really, uh, there's no income from shows and, um, and in-person things. So Patreon has been a way to, it's like a step up from the street team where if you like my music enough, you can support me even more. Um, you can see all those live streams. Um, I'll do like behind the song breakdowns of my different songs, post stuff, um, post exclusive, like early, uh, first listens or uh first uh watches of like my new videos and stuff um and yeah um that's awesome it's it's really cool to have people from all around uh the u.s i'm pretty sure it's just the u.s in my patreon right now um who are who like my stuff enough to pay me money every month even if it's just a dollar or two um to support me in that way yeah, no, I think it's really awesome. And I think it's really cool to see artists such as yourself who are taking advantage of these platforms. Well, you're really not even taking advantage, you're just utilizing them. Uh, they exist. But sometimes I think it's really easy for artists to not want to do that or just not bother taking the time to do it. And I don't quite understand why i mean granted i don't have a patreon i've but i still put out enough content and try to always have a game plan and do things like that there's no right or wrong way to do things but i think it is definitely wrong to just not do anything or to just kind of put out songs and just not promote them or not try to hype them up and not to keep it like it's like to not keep the train rolling, I suppose, is is a way to put it, you know, because it is it is a business, I think. Um, it doesn't have to be, but if you want to push forward with it and, you know, get some monetary income from it, you do need to treat it as a business. And I think that's like probably the hardest hurdle for most independent musicians to get over, I think. And, uh, you know, whenever you were starting to get to this point when you decided like, Oh, like I need to treat this as a business. Like what was that like for you? Was it something that you met with any sort of hesitation or were you just like all in like, hell yeah, this makes sense. Let's do it. Yeah. I mean, I think the hardest part is absolutely just starting. Um, cause you're scared. Like, um, when I first like created that group, it's terrifying because it's like, I have this street team, but it has zero members. And then I'm reaching out to people on Facebook and I'm like, Hey, uh, you guys want to join my street team? And they're going to see that it has zero members. And I I'm like embarrassed by that. So the hardest part is just starting. Um, uh, but now once, once I like jumped in, um, and just slowly built it and realized that it's going to take time, like, it's not, it's not as hard anymore. Um, and it's the same thing with Patreon. Like it's all things that I pretty much already did. Um, I didn't start the Patreon until after the street team. So I was already doing those weekly live streams. Um, and like you're mentioning, you have so much content and Patreon doesn't really require you, won't really require you to do anything more. 
it's just uh, now you're giving people the option to pay for it. Basically, yeah. you already have all this content. Like when you're creating um, your Patreon page, they're like, the trick is you should just be offering things that you basically already do. Um, uh, but people are willing to pay for it because when you ask them if they want to help, then a lot of times they're open to it. So yeah, it's a hard first step, but once, once you've done it, it gets a little bit easier. Um, not to say that I'm at all making like a livable wage off my Patreon, but it's still, uh, much further than where I was, um, a year or two ago. So it's super cool. Yeah. I think that, you know, patience, and persistence are very important. These are topics that I think that we've already touched on quite a bit. And I think that, you know, it's really, really hard for some people, understandably, to uh, embrace these concepts in our current landscape of society. Uh, Being patient is not uh, an easy thing to do, especially when you you know, get caught up in the social media thing. We talked at the top of this conversation just about uh, being on the internet and how now we're all living on the internet. And there are cool things about the internet that you can control, like like your street team or your Patreon, where it's kind of a curated community of people that want to be there. And it's not like this, you know fire and brimstone of just like a normal Facebook newsfeed. But there is a Facebook newsfeed and there is Instagram and Twitter and TikTok and however deep you want to get into the social media hole. How have you dealt with social media and engaging with people on it outside of your like street team and Patreon? Yeah. Um, so I don't think Facebook is like useful for anything as a business anymore, unless you like are paying for ads. Um, because it used to be that you just like post things and you see things that, that your friends and the people you follow post in chronological order, but now it's all Facebook's algorithm and they're controlling whatever, whatever they want you to see what they think you're going to click on. And so, um, the Facebook ads is the biggest way that I've tried to combat that. Cause I think that's really the only way that people see my music. Uh, there's no way to get new people to see your music unless you're paying for it on Facebook. Um, and, uh, yeah, that's the way I've handled that. And like, you can't sell tickets on Facebook. Uh, if you just post organically, like organic reach doesn't really mean anything anymore. So, um, I guess consistency and persistency with posting and sometimes paying for it is the way that I've uh, tried to use those platforms outside of the street team. Um, Cause I don't think there's any other way to do it. Yeah. It's really interesting because I agree 100% with you because I have gone through the same things. You know, I have had, you know, things that I have posted that I have not promoted in any way that have been, you know, like it was, I'm just, you know, like I'm just screaming into the void. No, nobody's going to see it. Then I've had things where I've posted it and I've boosted it and it does well. But then I've also had things that I've posted and not boosted and they've done well too. It's like this hodgepodge of things where it's like, I don't quite understand where this works. It's I'm always getting mixed signals. Like for example, so I play in a band called Some Faith and we've been releasing uh videos of songs like we filmed like a little live stream 
and uh, we split it up into all the songs that we performed in. And every week we're uploading a new clip from the, of that. Right. So there was one that we uploaded two weeks ago that I put a boost on. And then the one that we uploaded last week, I didn't put a boost on. But the one that I didn't put a boost on actually got more engagement than the one that I put a boost on. Mm. And it's both kind of the same content, really. The only thing that was different would have been the text and the description. But, you know, it was a live video from the same thing. And this is like, how did this work? I don't know. I'm not smart enough to understand it. But, like, for the most part, I do usually see what you're seeing in terms of, like, if you're not willing to put some money into it, you're not going to get anything out of it. Which, you know, Facebook being a free service and business being business, I'm not necessarily mad about that. I understand that it is what, you know, I guess it's, it's the world. That's, you know, we're we're using something to promote something. So, but it's, I don't know. it. It's, I didn't get into all of this creative stuff to do all of this business stuff. And I think that's, that's what kind of bums me out. Sometimes I'm happy to learn when it's working because like in a way you have to be creative and kind of artistic in order to generate an ad that people are going to engage with. But it's like utilizing a different part of my brain that I feel like I'm not good at, you know, like I spent the past, you know, 15 years of my life learning how to play music and write music and record songs and release them. And now it's like, now I don't have another five, 10 years to get good at business and marketing. It's yeah. just, and it's so hard too because it's always changing. I feel like every time I finally get a grip on something or how something works, it's different. It's really yeah. hard to keep up with it. But I think it was really cool that you um decided to seek out. You had mentioned that music marketing program or whatever it was. There are resources out there for people that are really, really like looking to do stuff. I've never engaged with any of that stuff. I've just made ten thousand mistakes along yeah. the way. So, you know, but you went to school for, you were doing school in music. So when you were um, in college and you were doing music stuff, you know, were there any classes that you took that like talked more about business or did you do any business classes at all? Or was this something that you had to kind of figure out on your own after the fact? Yeah, uh, it was definitely something I figured out after the fact. Um, The music that I studied in college for was all like classical um, classically training stuff, like how to have vibrato and sing Mozart and stuff. Um, so I haven't used much of that. I did do a semester, um, in Nashville at a, at a program called the Contemporary Music Center, which was just like, it pulled like, uh, 30 students from across, uh, the States and Canada. And we like, uh, learned a little bit more about the actual like pop music industry in Nashville. Um, and so there we took like some like classes that learned a little bit more about um, basically like who, how producers help you with the track and like how to professionally record your music and how to have a producer on your track and, and where to find and that like session musicians exist. And um, yeah, that was, that was helpful, but it was also in Nashville. So it was also learning that there's like, around every corner there's a musician who's so much better than you sure <laughs> that's the hard thing about nashville uh it was for me and um yeah so that program tried to teach us more about music but it also taught us that if we want to pursue this we have to be really serious about it 
Yeah, I think that there's a really interesting thing now with social media where like if you want to be a professional musician, you have to be like for some reason like the life of the goddamn party. And like for some artists it blends right in for like you know a lot of these like younger SoundCloud rappers and people like that where it's like they have this whole image and this whole brand and this character like it's fun and it's easy for people to get engaged in that but like if you are somebody that is more of like you know creating like you're like you're creating music that's coming from a person that isn't like this outwardly sort of like extrovert I think that that's like the interesting thing in general about like you know a lot of the music that I've made and maybe some of the music that you've done too is it comes from this like you know somewhat introverted perspective of life it's very personal but now when you're getting it out in the world you have to present it in this like extroverted sort of way and it's like this weird yin and yang of like two different people you know i can easily feel schizophrenic at times trying to put my music out in the world because it's like i want you to be really excited about this song and i'm really into it and i feel great about it but it's not about anything nice it's you know it's not you know it's like i'm please enjoy this emotionally heavy thing that i'm handing to you it's (laughs) it could be a lot but people can figure it out i just haven't quite figured it out 100 percent yet where are you at with this stuff yeah, I definitely agree. I think the stuff that I see like performing the best in Pittsburgh is stuff. Well, I'm talking about like pre pandemic, like when I would go to shows and stuff, anytime I would see like a band that's doing like this upbeat, like uh jam music or like a band that's really successful, like our, um, or one of the more successful bands in Pittsburgh, like Buffalo Rose, they have just like a really fun show and this high energy, um, and so I walk away from those shows thinking I should write more songs that make people want to like dance and move and stuff. Um, but the way that I write songs is just like, I just start writing and I, I see what happens. And so I don't have as many songs about that. I have a lot more stuff that's like serious. It's about like social issues or like um, a lot of the stuff from my upcoming EP. It's about like struggling to become a musician, uh, be an independent creative Um and that's harder to, like you're saying, go to a show and just like, be like, hey, dance along to my song. That's about how much I'm like depressed that I'm not succeeding. Sure. Sure. So, yeah, definitely understand. Um, so I'm trying to write, I try to write some of that uh, happier, more dancey stuff sometimes too. And, and maybe that's, that's the way you uh, get past it is you have like a couple songs you can be super energetic about and then you introduce these other like more introspective ones well, um, well i think yeah. the other thing that you could do too is like um somebody that would come to mind immediately would be like someone like a billy eilish who has very you know dark subject matter and a large majority of her music but it's like sprinkled with like sugar and jimmies you know what i mean it's like this like really nice looking pop ice cream cone but whenever you take a bite into it it's like you know filled with worms so (laughs) there's like you know which i think works and i was like i'm like so surprised that she blew up in the way she did with like just like how like emotionally like 
pardon my French, fucked her music is, you know, like it really is. And like, it, it blows my mind that she's as big as she is. I think she's great. I think she's really good at what she does. I'm really excited to see what she grows into in the future because I feel like she hasn't quite reached her full potential yet. So it's fun to watch artists like that grow. But the fact of the matter is still, it's like, these are not nice songs, but they're huge. So it's like, I think there are ways to still, you know, talk about yourself, be introspective and have these songs that are maybe coming from, you know, a more, not necessarily a dark place, but just like, not like a happy pot place, but you could still present it in this way that it has that flavor, which kind of goes back to what we were talking about before, where like, like, oh, maybe you mix in like a fun sort of like a hip hop rhythm into a track to give it that bounce that it needs on top of like, you know, a sadder guitar part or some sort of like, you know, real morose melody. You can mix those things. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, that's a good point. I was just talking about Billie Eilish earlier today, how it's insane that she's like 18 and has billions and billions of streams. Um, Yeah, well, I mean, the other thing, too, I think a lot of people, you know, disregard is the fact that, like, you know, I'm pretty sure her and her brother have been working on music since they were like children. You know, I think like, you know, she was recording music when she was probably nine or 10. So it's like, you know. You know, sure, maybe we're just hearing about her now in the past couple of years, but she's already probably about a decade in to doing this stuff. So yeah. it's easy sometimes to think that people come out of nowhere, but that's like not the case. Like I remember a buddy of mine, Josh, who sent me like Billie Eilish songs like four or five years ago. Like, check out this girl. I was like, oh, that's pretty cool. And then like, you know, a couple of years later, I was like, whoa, that's that girl that Josh was telling me about forever ago. So yeah. she's been around, but it's just people... It's it's hard to keep up with everything. There's so much music in the world. Right. So, right. you know, in terms of, you know, you and, you know, performing, I mean, I know performing really isn't a thing right now for anybody, but when performing was a thing, you know, how much do you of a time, like how much, what, how do I want to put this? Um, obvi- how much effort do you put into like a stage show? You know what I mean? Cause there are bands that perform and it's like, Oh, well you're just watching a band practice in a room full of people. Do you think a lot about like putting together like a big show when you perform or do you try to keep it stripped down? Yeah. Um, I, I definitely didn't want it to feel like we were just practicing in front of people. But um, when I, when we would do like full band shows, I wanted to focus a lot on like being tight um, and, and looking like we had our, had our music figured out and we were all in sync. Um, uh, Yeah. I think um, we didn't spend a lot of time with like choreographing like dances and stuff. Sure. Um, and I don't spend a lot of time like thinking about what I'm going to say beyond the fact that I kind of, I do try to make an effort to talk about like what my songs are about, because as like a singer songwriter, I feel like that's really important. And I know a lot of bands don't like to necessarily talk as much about their songs. They kind of just like to perform. Um, but I like to give like background on my songs, So I try to have a little bit of that prepared as well. Um, uh, but yeah, I mean, shows were just a way to to um show people that we were uh that we had this music and that we had it solidified as a band 
um, and just have fun and, and have our friends and, and new fans hear the music. So yeah, it's never been like a huge deal, but definitely still want to like practice and be prepared for shows. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. It's interesting because I feel like you really have to like read the room for every gig that you have, you know, it's like, you know, obviously I don't think that, you know, the Sam Stuckey band is going to be like kiss. I don't know if you're going to have the face paint and the fireworks and all, you know, like a big rock and roll thing, but you don't always need that. You know, you had mentioned Buffalo Rose earlier and like anytime I've seen that band play, it's just like, how do this many people that are this good at what they do find each other? Like they are so unbelievably good. And like, they don't, there's no frills to what they do. They're just on stage playing, but they're just all so goddamn good. Like, you know, and like, you don't really see that level of musicianship very often. Like, you know, the way they're able to like harmonize vocally with each other and play, it's like disgusting how good of a band they are. Fuck them. That's (laughs) fuck Buffalo Rose. You're way too good. No shout outs to them. They're awesome. But, um, but it's an interesting point that you bring up where it's like, you know, I think sometimes it's easy for some people. I, I think it, it's really genre specific too. I think with the type of music you play, it's definitely not like this big over the top thing, but sometimes in certain bands you can get distracted with like, Oh, we need the lights and the sights and the sounds, but like people are just coming to see you play, you know, that's so you got, that's the most important thing. Everything else if you want to pepper that in, if it makes sense, that's great. You want to get some cool lights. You want to get matching outfits. You want to do whatever. Go for it. I think it's fun. But if you can't play, everything else just doesn't matter at all. Yeah. You know, sure. in terms of Sam Stuckey as, you know, a human being moving forward, you had mentioned that, you know, you're trying to incorporate you know some different styles of music into the songs that you're writing and we had talked a bit about like you know just different approaches to songwriting and thing like that and things like that when you go back and you like listen to you know some of the first stuff that you've done do you see like that growth from where you were then to now or are you still like struggling to see like any sort of a growth. Cause I feel like for me, it took me a long time to really feel like I was actually growing or developing. Like it, it always felt like I was just like at on this plateau for the longest time. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I definitely feel, at least I hope that I feel like the songs that I'm writing now are better than the ones I wrote when I was in high school and first <laughs> years of college. Um, I think one of the biggest differences has been like um, subject matter. So like, um, I think like any songwriter, I, I started out writing songs about like girls and girl problems and relationships and stuff. Hell yeah. <laughs> I tried to get away from that a little bit. Um, and so, um, not all of my songs, but like, I definitely have a big chunk of songs now that are about like, um, social justice, um, and all the crazy craziness that's been going on this year has been enough to inspire me to write a lot of different songs. Um, and so I think my music is definitely growing and becoming a little more mature in that way. Um, but then also trying to still pepper in like some love songs and songs that are just, um, fun. Um, and then songs that are more introspective, but not necessarily about social justice. Like they're more about, 
like what I was saying, Joel is kind of about being um, an independent creative um, and trying to uh, chase after this passion of music and being unsure if, if I even have enough passion to be what I, to be that, that uh, successful musician that I, that I think I want to be. So why, why do you think that, why do you question the passion? Is it like maybe as you're starting to get into this and maybe, cause for me, I'm going to I'm going to impose my feelings onto your song subject matter because as a listener that's what I'm supposed to do, right? Uh-huh. Uh, you know, my struggles with, you know, the passion in terms of what I'm doing is kind of like what you had mentioned before about like being in Nashville, just realizing how many people there are that are doing this. It just makes me feel really really small and sometimes it isn't necessarily the work itself like i feel very confident in the work that i create itself but just the task of actually getting people to know about the work and trying to figure out how to utilize these tools that we have especially now not being able to play shows and being able to show people what i could do that's how i prefer to engage with human beings is in person i just feel like very very lost right now and i'm getting ready to release a a ding dong album just in the same way that you are and it's just like you know there's people online that i know that i can market this to but like man i got we need to play live. I need to be yelling in people's face in order to get this across. So that's what really just bums me out. It's just not feeling like I know that there are people out there that would like my music, but I just can't find them. And it just makes me feel like really lonely. Yeah. I mean, I think uh, the, what I'd say about the passions thing is I always feel nervous because I feel like, I love music, but there are also a lot of other things I love like nature and hiking and rock climbing and board games, like, and just like simple things. And I think I would probably still be happy. Um, if, if I didn't necessarily become a famous musician, like there are other things that I would be happy doing. And sometimes I feel like what people expect in like a successful musician is someone who has like tunnel vision. And the only thing they see is their success as a musician, like um, uh, Chris Martin from like Coldplay. I think I heard once in like one of their early interviews, like he talked, like he knew that they were going to become famous um, and he's, and they have this vision and they're working towards it like every single day. And sometimes me personally, I don't feel like I have, uh, that drive, that passion to work on it every, uh, every single day, because there are other things I enjoy doing too. And I don't want to sacrifice those things for my music. And maybe that's, that's the curse that's going to make me not successful as a musician. But, um, yeah, that's why I'm, that's what I'm talking about when I say, um, I'm worried about not having enough passion to do it. I understand. I think that the heart, I think it's the curse of a solo musician, you know, like a Chris Martin has, you know, other people in the band and, you know, maybe a manager or two, a creative director, you know, like there's people, there's a team and there, you know, you have an environment of people that if one day somebody's feeling down, you know, maybe somebody else can pick up the slack that day or there could be other people to encourage you. But when all you have is the other voices in your head, that could be, you know, debilitating at times. And I go through it you know, just as much as anybody else does. I think it's natural as an artist, but yeah, without having those other people, I think that it makes it a lot, a lot harder. You know, I just, um, the episodes out now 
Um, it's not out at the time we're recording this, but at the time this is released, it'll be out. But I had my friend Jamie on the show and he's the vocalist in code orange and, you know, huge metal band from Pittsburgh. You know, one of the biggest ding dong bands in that genre in the world right now, like huge. And, uh, you know, we were, I was talking with him a lot about, just their drive and like it's nuts the amount of work that they still put in the stuff you know what i mean like they're still shipping out all of their own merch and doing so much stuff on their own still operating pretty diy for a band that's on a major music label but you know they choose to do it because they like having the work they like you know they have this very small team and everybody that's on that team supports each other and is into the vision 100%. So, you know, if there's ever a moment, you know, if one of them is feeling down or has a question about something, they have each other to motivate each other and it's, like that's huge because I've never had that in any band that I've ever been in. Even that's even bands that I'm in now. I'll put the people that I play in bands with on blast. You know what I mean? I feel like nobody, you know, there's always been like me, like one or two other people that maybe share the same drive, but I've never been in a band that 100% every single person had that drive to make it work. And you know that it's, it's, it's hard. It's hard dealing with that. Cause you have so much more weight on your shoulders. Yeah. I think one of the things in Pittsburgh with playing with other musicians is so many of the people who play music here have their own projects. So nobody wants to like commit to helping the other people mm. because they have their own project that they, that it has to take precedence, which I totally understand. Cause that's kind of how I would be as well. Like I, <clears throat> I want to help out with other bands, but I don't want to uh, like push their stuff more than I push my own, I guess. Um, which is probably a blessing and a curse as well. But uh, yeah, there's so many people in Pittsburgh who have their own projects. Um, it's hard to have passion for just one. Yeah, I think that, I don't know, honestly, if that's even unique to Pittsburgh. Um, yeah. we, we, uh, we're obviously very familiar with it. There's multiple people that have been on the show multiple times only because they play in multiple bands. It's like, like you know one time i think that i had the same person on two weeks in a row unintentionally just because like it's like you're in this band too (laughs) it's just like like, what the the hell but uh it's nice but it's also like it's great that people are helping each other but yeah it's hard to focus on one thing mm -hmm. and i think that also my issue with that has always been in terms of the gig economy which we don't really have anymore for the time being but you know like you have you know three different people that play in the same three different bands and they're always playing shows with each other and it's like these are three mediocre bands when you could just have one really good band if you focused but who am I to tell people what to do with their time? I just feel like everybody's trying to, uh, in a way, kind of just like throw everything at the wall and see what sticks. Like maybe in a way that like, you know, you as an independent creator, you have like your street team and your Patreon and you're writing these weekly songs and you're doing these breakdowns. Like you're doing way more than you need to. Maybe for some people, they don't have all that, but they're like, well, I can write one song with this band and one song with that band and have practice this day. They're just trying to fill out the schedule. You know, I, I, I don't know why people do what they do. It's their business. It's their business. (laughs) You know, in terms of 
the other thing that you were saying though, um, feeling as if I don't remember the exact word that you use, but feeling content or happy or if like, you know, if the music thing didn't work out, but you still have all of these other things that you're passionate about and you could live a happy life. I think that that's honestly a great mindset to be in because I'm very much in the same boat and I feel so much happier now than I did a few years ago when I was really stressing over stuff. I think it's important to not like take what you have for granted when you have it. And, you know, I've built a decent life for myself. I have a a place that I live in with things that I like and people that I like and cool friends and family and work and stuff. And, you know, a lot of people don't have those things. And, you know, who cares if nobody listens to some song that I write? I still have all of these great things. I still have, you know, things to look forward to and a things to fight for and a life to live and stuff. So I'm cool, whatever happens because I'm still doing what I want to do on a daily basis. And I think that that's like the meaning of life in some ways isn't to be like, you know, this artist and have the world give a shit about you. I think it's just to care about yourself and to be, you know, be a good anchor for yourself and the people around you and just try to, you know, know, contribute to your bubble. I think the most toxic thing about social media is it makes us feel like we need to matter to more people like an unrealistic amount of people and that's a weird contrast when you're trying to do art or music as a career because obviously you need to matter to some number of people you want them to care about your music but also like you know i don't think it's also also like healthy like most normal people are following like you know hundreds if not thousands of people on social media and they think they have thousands of friends nobody has you can't possibly manage that and it just like creates this really weird clusterfuck in your head where you start to get mixed up between like you know the people that are in your life that are actually close to you that matter and it all gets mixed in the sauce with like these people that you don't even know but you're like facebook friends with and it's just a headache so I don't know. I went on a rant, but I'm just saying, I think it's great that you have those simple things that you appreciate and that you care about because like without that, like life is really hard. I think without the simple things. Yeah. Yeah. No, I appreciate that. That was, that was a good rant. (laughs) Okay, cool. Cool. Sometimes that happens, but Hey, what is a podcast without a rant? True. That's the, that's the whole thing here. You know, it's just (laughs) ranting and talking about life. Yeah. So, so Sam, you seem like you're, you're a a gentleman with a a good head on your shoulders. Um, really happy that you reached out to chat with me. It was really cool getting to know you a little bit. I hope that whenever things are back to normal, whatever the fuck that means in the future that, uh, Hey, I can see you out and about in the world and, watch you play some songs because it's it's really weird now because with the podcast it's always been like uh before people come on i like to like see them perform and like you know meet up and like try to get more of a a picture of who they are but now you know this past year it's been like really just like a blind date every week you know just like okay what's up who are you (laughs) you know just talking to people in rooms it's so strange but it's been fun so before we go, as the train's rounding the station here, we are at our hour, just about. Um, what would you like to say to the fine people of the internet? And where can people find your music or more about you? Where can they find you in the woods? Let people know where you want them to find you. 
Yeah, sure. Uh, well, the best place to find me is my website, which is samstucky.net. I mispronounced my own name. Um, S-A-M-S-T-U-C-K-Y.net. Um, and that has links to all the different platforms where you can stream on Spotify and go to my Bandcamp, And that's where my merch is as well. Um, and find my Patreon via um, that page as well. Um, on most of the social medias, my username is not Sam Stuckey, uh, which is because there's two other Sam Stuckies and uh, it's really confusing. So search for not Sam Stuckey uh, and you'll find me there um, and would appreciate any follows and, and uh, streams that you guys can send my way. And yeah, like I said, Joel is coming out on the 8th of, of January. Um, I'm going to release it initially on Spotify uh, with those five tracks and then it'll be on my Bandcamp page for actual physical uh, purchase or a digital purchase, but not streaming. Um, and you can purchase it there and there'll be two bonus tracks that won't initially be available on Spotify um, or anywhere else. So if you like physical, um, sorry, if you like actually buying music and not just streaming it, uh, you can get a couple extra tracks on Bandcamp there. Um, and yeah, there are no shows to plug, unfortunately, because it's 2020 and soon to be 2021. And who knows, like you're saying, but um yeah, I appreciate everyone listening and tuning in to hear us both rant about our our struggles as independent creatives. Hey, that's literally what this whole show is. You yeah. know, I think I think that it's important to have these conversations because you know, I feel like we very rarely get to have them. Uh and it's cool. So, I appreciate the head that you have on your shoulders and i think it, it's i don't know i'm just i'm just glad that you're alive the world's a better place with people like you so keep right, on doing keep on doing what you're doing dude yeah same to you thanks for having me on a podcast i uh reached out to a bunch and it's hard to hard to get extra press and just have good conversations with people so i'm yeah glad you're willing yeah no i think that honestly like i kind of take the opposite approach than maybe some other outlets do and maybe i can do this because i'm still like small enough that i'm not overwhelmed but i mean i get people hit me up all the time and you know nine times out of ten i'm like yes because i don't know who you are and you live around here so let's talk and even if you don't live around here i had someone from norway on the podcast recently that's cool like (laughs) so it's like whatever like i just want to meet people and expand instead of just like having this very like you know incestuous sort of just talking to the same people over and over again so i think it's important to expand people expand the reach there's a lot more going on here than i ever realized and most people have realized so yeah the local scene needs more people like you who are willing to help each other out and not just working towards their own uh success so Thanks for what you do for the whole local scene and the Norway scene. Yeah. 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 Let's see where we go next. Um, So yeah, start the beat world takeover 2021. So with all that being said, I'm going to do my outro and then I'm going to let you get about your Friday afternoon. Cool. I appreciate it, man. Groovy. And that is all folks. Thanks so much for being here. One more time. Sam Stuckey. You're the dude. Thank you. I'll be back again in a couple of days with another episode. Same time, same place, same channel. You know the drill. My name is Sykes. Start the beat 2020. Woo, woo. Thanks for listening. And my friend, that is a podcast. We did it. We made it happen. Awesome.
the, inter the internet is still working. We have remained connected.